All right, Shabbos, say good morning and a good night. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Thomas Store sponsors for the month of Nisan. To thank Jerry and Appy Applebaum for dedicating all the Sherman Drushos this month in memory of Basya Bas Chaim and David Ben Avram. Doctors Paul and Linda Weinberg, in commemoration of the yard site of Mordechai Yehoshua, Ben Perez Moshe Valeya Miriam, Paul and Kathy Pollock in the Schusser Varefur Shalema for Donna Baker Matson, mm-hmm. Stephen Terry Zinn in the in gratitude to Hashem for their grandson, Bonim Tzvi Hirsch Zinn, Naftali Tilson, with thanks to his chaver Benjamin Wallen for the whole shir, Echa Kosher B'Sameach, and Avram and Shandy Kelman, incarnation of the art site of Bernice Kelman, Sarah, Bryna, Bas, Yoshua, Heschel. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Sohav and Aliyah, the families Ein Nechama. And indeed, in merit Hashem, should be Echa Kosher B'Sameach for all of us. Well, with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Mem Gimel. We are picking up on Mem Bez, Ahmed Bez 42b, 20 lines up from the bottom. Remember again, in the end of yesterday's shir, we were focusing on the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah said that after a woman leaves a marriage, divorce, death of her husband, whatever it may be, halacha lamaisa, she is permitted to go ahead and engage in erisin immediately. Because remember again, there's no concern in Rabbi, in according to Rabbi Yossi, there's no concern about Arison because she's not living with her new husband. So there's no concern that she may become pregnant. So therefore, Arison is permitted immediately. He said, with one exception, the exception was, the exception was um, an Amona, right? Because by an Amona, by a widow, since there's a din of Avelos, a din of mourning, therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, again, she can't get married until after the 30 day Shloshim. But otherwise, Erison is permitted immediately. So the Gemara says now, Rabbi Yochanan retracted this position. If Rabbi Yochanan indeed retracted this position, he must have gone ahead and retracted from a Mishnah which was stated in the vineyard. And I will say the vineyard, of course, is a reference to the base Medrash in Yavne, which became known as the Kerem B'Yavne, because like a vineyard, because the way that the rows and the benches were situated in the base Medrash, it looked like a vineyard, quite beautiful. Rabbi Shmal, the son of Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Baroka said as follows, Shamati mipi chachomim b'kerem b'yavne. I heard from the chachomim in kerem b'yavne. Kulon tzichos lahamtin shlosha chadoshim. And I heard that in the base medrash they said, every woman coming off of a relationship, be it death, divorce, has to wait three months before going ahead and getting involved in any stage of marriage. Amr leir of Yomir of Zreka. Kerelisa lekemelit Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Lei. When you come before Rabbi Abba, go ahead and pose this contradiction to him. Did Rabbi Yochanan actually say that the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi? Rabbi Yochanan said, Halacha kistam mishnah. I will say, in general, we have a concept that a halacha follows a stam mishnah, which means when you have a mishnah without attribution, we assume that that mishnah is authoritative. Because since it's a stam, since there's no attribution, and there's no machlokas, it sounds like that is the majority opinion. Utsinanan, we learned, kolanoshim lo yinasu lo yisarsu ad shulam shlosha chadoshim. 
And yet, what does the Stam Mishnah say? The Stam Mishnah says, all women should not go ahead and do Nisuin or Erisin until they have three months from their end, from the conclusion of their previous marriage. Achos besulos, achos beulos. So I will say, that's a Stam Mishnah. Again, there's no attribution there. There's no Machlokas there. So at the end of the day, it would seem to be that that is authoritative. Amr the so obviously he still listened to this. He said to him, whoever told this to you did not properly grind their wheat. And I will say, that, that phrase, that expression of not properly grinding your wheat is today the equivalent of not thinking before you speak. Right? So whoever, whoever said this didn't properly grind his wheat. And I will say, you know what happens if you don't properly grind your wheat. Everyone knows what happens if you don't properly grind your wheat, right? You get like chunks and kernels and things, as opposed to fine flour. The idea is actually, it's a, it's a very, it's a very mm. profound metaphor. It's the same way that if I don't think before I speak, so often, again, there are things that come out that are unrefined. There are things that come out that are not properly ground up and thought over. A person has to think long and hard before what they say and how they say it. Failure to do so is like failure to properly grind your wheat. You end up with impurities. You end up with a lack of refined product. Incredible you sowed. Stam bi'achakach malfokisi. Because we both say this is not just a stam mishnah. This is not any stam mishnah. This is what's called a stam bi'achakach machlokes. And I both say, it's actually very interesting. In other words, we're going we're gonna to talk about this a little bit. But you could have a concept of a stam mishnah, right? A stam mishnah, which as it sounds, a mishnah without attribution, but also without any dispute. And then there's a machlokes ultimately again afterwards. So what's the halacha when you have a stam v'acharkach machlokes? Ve'in halacha kistam. So whenever you have a stam mishnah, and then again, a same topic, but in a machlokes, in another mishnah, the halacha does not follow the stam mishnah. Machlokes v'acharkach stam. If you have a machlokes, and then afterwards a stam mishnah, halacha kistam. But if you have a stam mishnah and then a machlokes afterwards, in halacha kistam, ultimately the halacha does not follow the stam mishnah. Okay, we'll say just these, these are important. Like I'm not going to call this like exegetical principles because they're not exegetical, but lemaisa there are important principles which teach us how to go ahead and learn halacha lemaisa from different texts. Listen to this. Rabbi Avo was resting on the shoulder of Rabbi Nachum, his attendant. Right? So, so you first have to imagine the scene. Right? So Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo requiring assistance, resting on the shoulder of Rabbi Nachum. So listen to the Lushan here. Rabbi Avo, sorry, Rabbi Nachum was going ahead and collecting halachic rulings from him. In other words, Rabbi Nachum said like this, if my Rebbe is leaning on my shoulder, this is an incredible opportunity to go ahead and learn from him. So he was asking questions and collecting rulings from him. We'll say that the scene itself is so beautiful that when Jews lean on one another, when we support one another, more Torah and more Kedusha comes from that. 
So Rabbi Nachum is supporting his Rebbe. And as a result of that, again, so ultimately Torah comes from that exchange. He goes on, he says, He asked him the following question. What happens if you have two Mishnayis? One is a Machlokas, the second is a Stam Mishnah. What's the Halacha? Amrabe, Halacha Kistam. The Halacha follows the Stam Mishnah. I Stam the Achrakach Machlokas. What happens if it's a Stam Mishnah and then a Machlokas? So my Amrabe, in Halacha Kistam. The Halacha doesn't follow the Stam. So apparently, what comes out is like this that Halacha Lamaisa, when you have two Mishnayis, when you have two Mishnayis, one a Stam, one a Machlokas. So apparently, what? So who does the halacha follow? Whichever one is what? Last. Whichever one is last. The last one is considered to be the most authoritative. Okay. So the Gemara says, What about this? What happens if you have a Stam Mishnah? Which means, again, I will say, Mishnah, but that attribution, which sounds like it's the widely held opinion, Umachlokis Bebraisa. But then you have a Braisa. Remember again, Braisa is a compilation of rabbinic teachings which were not codified by Rabbi Huda Hanasi in the Mishnah. So what do you do with that? In that case, the halacha follows the Mishnah. So again, here's what's interesting. Even though normally we say that if you have first the Stam, then a Machlokas, the halacha follows the Machlokas. If the Stam is the Mishnah and the Machlokas is the Braisa, you're going to follow the Mishnah. Interesting. What happens if you have a machlokis and a mishnah and a stam brisa? Who does that lochah follow? Amarle, top of mem gimel. Amarle v'chi Rabbi lo shina, Rabbi chia minayimo. If Rabbi, if Rabbi, so the Gemara says if Rabbi Huda Hanasi did not include it in the mishnah, Rabbi chia, who was the Talmud of Rabbi, ultimately again would he know halachah lemaisa? In other words. A Mishnah is always going to be more authoritative than a Braisa. That's what it comes down to, which makes sense. Because a Mishnah is something that is included, was codified, as opposed to a Braisa, which was not. Which was not. Okay. Amr the Sigmar says, we learned about So now we're just going to go on a little bit of a tangent. And the purpose of this tangent is really just to go ahead and help illustrate some of these principles. So listen to this. Interesting cases. Masrik Shal Pishtan. I will say you have a flax comb. A flax comb. And a flax comb is exactly as it sounds. A comb for flax. Good. That's it. Masrik Shal Pishtan. Shenitlu. You know, I will say sometimes in Yavamis, right, we assume that everything is complicated. Right, so so when you hear about a, a flax comb, you're like, okay, but who was it married to? Right, was it was married to an ervo? Was it this? Was it that? Was it? It's just a comb. That's it. Really, really, actually, probably better see like more like a a comb. Oh, a comb, bro. good. We'll call it a comb. So master shop is done. So you go out and you have a comb used for flax. Shinit lashinov. And I will say, imagine some of the teeth. Right, those are right. That's what we call it, like the tooth. The teeth of the comb were removed. But two teeth were left in the comb. Tameos, Tameo, they change it to. The 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 Hagosium changes to Tame. Tame. The comb is Tame. Now we'll say, let's go back for a second. In order for a utensil to be Makabal Tuma, what, ha- what what quality does it have to have? Has to be usable. In other words, 
if, if a kli is usable in its primary function, then Allah says it's mekabal tumah. If it's not usable in its primary function, it's not mekabal tumah. So when you have, for example, a flax comb, as long as the Gemara saying over here is as follows, as long as that comb has at least two teeth, then it's usable as a flax comb. If that's the case, then Allah Chalamaisa, it'll be Makabal Tumah. Good. So the Gemara says, Nishtayu Bushtayim Tameos Va'achas Torah. But if it only has one tooth left, then it's not really usable as a flax comb anymore. And therefore it's tar. Again, remember, tar meaning what? Tar meaning that Allah Chalamaisa, it doesn't have the status of a flax comb. Not Makabal Tumah. Now say the teeth themselves when they are removed are makabal tumah. Now what's the tooth usable for? So we'll discuss the individual comb teeth could be used to clean out the lantern or could be used to as a hook, as a hook, as a peg. So the Vigimara says, the then I both say, not a flax comb, but a wool comb. If you have a wool comb and every other tooth of the comb was removed, tar, ultimately, again, in that case, the comb is really no longer usable, and therefore it's not a kabotoma. But however, as long as there are three teeth for the wool comb left in one place, it's tummy. But if one of the three teeth that was left was the outer tooth of the wool comb, then tar. Ultimately, again, it's tar because apparently, again, the outer the outer tooth is wider than the inner teeth and would not really allow the comb to be fully usable. Nitlu beis vasolamalakit. If you took two teeth out of the comb and made it into a pair of tweezers, so it's males. Then ultimately, again, the tweezers will be makabotuma functional clean. Achos, similarly, if you removed one, one tooth and used it to clean out a lantern or to spread stuff out on, ultimately it's Makabutuma. The Kaimalon Dein Halachakaosa Mishnah. And I will say here's what's interesting. Despite the fact that this is a stam Mishnah, right? Well we just quoted over here, this is all a Mishnah, and it's a stam Mishnah, I'm sure that attribution. We will say generally again when we see a stam Mishnah, we assume that what? That what? The halacha follows this Mishnah. Yet the Gimara says the Kaimalon Dein Halacha Kaosa Mishnah. Yet again, we have generally established Allah doesn't follow this Mishnah. Armali Barmini Dahi. Leave this example aside. Rabbi Yochan Mishnah. Rabbi Yochan Rabishlakish both said this was not an accurate Mishnah. Now my time, why is this not an accurate Mishnah? The reason why this is not an accurate Mishnah is because there's a contradiction between the beginning and the end. If you have a wool comb and every other tooth was removed, tar. Ultimately, again, the comb is taught, which means the comb is no longer a functional clean, and therefore not mekabel tumah. I I but we learned that, but but we can infer from that that if two teeth were left in any one place, that ultimately the two, the comb retains its identity and is mekabel tumah. then you said the gimel If it has three teeth. Ultimately, again, it's Tame. Gimel in, Shtayim, Lo, two yes, th- sorry, three yes, two no. So, we'll say, so therefore, again, 
it's an inherent contradiction in this Mishnah. Is it three teeth or two teeth which allow the wool comb to remain usable? So apparently because of this inherent contradiction, both Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish said that this Mishnah is corrupted. And therefore, again, it's not a Stam Mishnah. To which the Gemara says, oh my kush, I don't understand why you're getting all worked up about this. Dilma Maybe it Maybe it all depends whether or not the teeth are left in the inner row or in the outer row. Rather, the Gemara says, the reason we think the Mishnah is corrupted is because of the following. Diktani v'kulon shenitlu achas achas there we learned that what? When the teeth themselves are removed, each tooth by itself has the ability to be makabal tumor. Why is that? We'll say, why is that? Because ultimately, again, it could be used for some other purpose, right? To clean out the lamp, to stretch stuff out on like a peg, the afagav, the lohiskino. And I will say, this is true. This is true, even though what? You have not actively prepared or set aside the item for use as a kli. Se'ema Seifa, yeah, look at the end of that Mishnah. Achos v'hiskino l'ner, o'lemituach t'meya. Yeah, well, Seifa, look at the Seifa. What does the Seifa say? If you took one of these teeth and you prepared it for use, either to clean out the lamps or to go ahead and use as a peg, ultimately, again, then it's makabal tumah. And what do we infer from there? Hiskino in, lo hiskino lo. So we'll say this is the inherent contradiction in the Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah seems to indicate that any one of the teeth is makabal tumah because de facto it can be used as an independent clean. The end of the Mishnah says the only time the independent teeth are makabal tumah are when? Or when they are actively designated. So does the tooth have to be actively designated or not? This seems to be a machlokas. No, it's not a machlokas, a contradiction. And therefore, again, Rabbi Yochanan Shlakish said this is not a stam Mishnah because the Mishnah itself is corrupted. To which the Gemara once again says, Amra Baye, oh my kosher, what's the problem? Maybe it depends. When it's talking about a case where the tooth has a handle, in other words, it has a handle you can hold on to, not like a, a handle. And the other one is not with a handle. Salah again, in the handle, it's readily usable, even without designation. Without the handle, it's only usable with designation. Okay. Amara, Papara, Papa says, Umay kushya, dilma, habikat nisa, habalimta. Furthermore, again, it could be talking about different kinds of teeth. One is talking about a thin tooth, a narrow tooth, and one is talking about a wider tooth. So therefore, we'll say, the point the Gemara is making here is as follows. Remember, we just got finished kind of laying out a series of rules. And one of the rules that we put forward was the halacha follows a stam mishnah. Right? Halacha follows a stam mishnah. Good. Now, the Gemara quotes a stam mishnah. Right? Stam mishnah all about wool combs and flax combs. Good. So we'll say, yet, yet, we said the halacha doesn't follow this stam mishnah, which seems to pose a contradiction to our previously stated rule. To which the Gemara says, it's not a contradiction. Because Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish said, this is a corrupted Mishnah. We're trying to figure out what's wrong with it. It looks like a perfectly wonderful Mishnah. So we're posing all of these questions, and the Gemara is saying, no, these aren't questions. Ela Mishum Demisaymi Ba Demanki Zudir Rabbi Shimon. So we'll say, no, no, no. I'll tell you why. It's not a Stam Mishnah. 
It's not a Stam Mishnah. Why? Because those, the Davanki or the Davkani, right? Rabbi will say Davkani. What's the, what is, what's the word Davkani? Davka. Davka. The Davkanim, right? The, the ones who were more accurate, they, the way they read this Mishnah. How did the Mishnah end? Zu Divrei Rabbi Shimon. Which means what, Rabbi say? Which means what? It's not a Stam Mishnah. It's not a Stam Mishnah. It's a Mishnah with attribution. They will say, by the way, Halavai should be Zohar to come into that category, right? A Davkani. A Davkani. Right? They will say, a Davkani is a Davka person. A, a meticulous person. An accurate person. We'll say, it, goes, it kind of goes back to what we said before. Right? What the Gemara was saying before. Where, who said it? Who said it? You see a theme in today's daf, right? To make sure to go ahead and grind your wheat carefully. To make sure you go, you're very careful before you say something. Make sure your words are accurate. Your words convey the proper meaning and you're using the proper words. And here you see dafkani. There's this group of dafka people. Dafka people, dafkani, people who are a bit more careful People are a bit more meticulous. And I'm both saying, it's incredibly amazing that we're learning this stuff here on Pesach. Because if you think about it again, the Yomtev of Pesach fully hinges on what? Davkanos. Never heard that neither before. But Davkanos, being a Davkaju, you have to be a detail-oriented individual. And I'm both saying, people often say, the devil's in the details. It's not true. The Ribbono Shal Olam is in the details. Because it's the details that make the result either something, a result of Kiddusha or a result of Tumah. It's all about the details. You know, we'll say, people sometimes like to say, I'm a big picture person. I don't get involved in the details. I have yet to meet a successful big picture person who doesn't get involved in details. Now, maybe one day a person graduates to not having to manage the details, but someone's always got to be taking care of the details. Because if all I am is big picture and no details, again, I end out churning out unprocessed wheat, not fully ground wheat, this clumps, this kernels in it. You have to be a dafkoni. You have to be a person, again, who's big picture, but lamaisa again, attentive to the details as well. So therefore, I will say, it turns out that halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, this Mishnah does not pose a contradiction to our previous conversation for one simple reason. It's not a Stam Mishnah. It has attribution. Beautiful. So we'll say, now we're back, we're back to Erison. We're back to, well, the, I should say, Afkhan, waiting three months. Said, you're allowed to do Erison within three months, and this is what people do. So we'll say, and this is the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, right? You're permitted to do Erison immediately. After a woman comes off a marriage, she's permitted to do Erison immediately. What does she have to wait three months for? What does she have to wait for? Nisun. Nisun. And very interesting. Rabbi Hanina Godel said the truth is, even the waiting of three months, you actually don't have to wait three months. Rather, what do you need? The majority of the first month, the majority of the third month, and the entire second month. Amemar allowed a woman to do Erisin on the 90th day. So I just want to point out, three months, just say, when the Mishnah uses the word or the term three months, what does the Mishnah mean? 90 days. 
90 days. Now, I will say, now, so here's what's interesting. So, Amemar allowed a woman to do Erosin on the 90th day. I said to Amemar, Rav and Shmuel said, you have to wait 90 days. And I will say, that's 90 days, not including what? The day the husband died, or whatever, they got divorced. The day that woke up, the day the husband died, and the day of the Erosin. So you need a full 90 days, not including day of death and day of Erosin. So the Gemara says, No, no, no. That halacha was said for a nursing mother. For a nursing mother, she has to wait 24 months, not including the day of death of her husband and, or I should say, the day that she began nursing, right? And Lamaisa, and Lamaisa, the day of Erosin. Itmar derav ushmodar mitarvayu tzricha lahamtin chaptal lechol. The she has to wait twenty four months. Chutz miyom shenolad bo, not counting the day the baby was born. Vichutz yom shenis arsabo, and not including the day of erusin. I v'hoha who do avitzudas erusin biyom tishim. Listen to this. There was a guy. I will say who wanted to betroth the woman whose husband had passed away, and he made a whole beautiful sudas erusin, and he dafka timed it for what the ninetieth day. And what happened? And Rabbi went ahead and told him, sorry, you can't serve the Suda. In other words, you could serve it, you could serve it, but you can't do Erisin that day. To which the Yomar says, no, no, no. That wasn't a Sudas Erisin, that was a Sudas Nisuin. The Hilchosan, Rabbi said, what is that? Aloha, Sikha Lahamtin Chavtal Ed Chodesh, Chutzmium Shinoladbo, the Chutzmium Shin is Arsabo, Utsikha Lahamtin Gimel Chadashim, Chutzmium Shemisbo, the Chutzmium Shin is Arsabo. And Rabbi said, this is indeed the Halacha Lamaisa. Whenever we have these rabbinically mandated waiting periods, those waiting periods are self contained units of time independent of the, uh, we'll call it the event day and the Arisen day. When I say the event days, for example, I will say the need to wait three months when coming off a relationship is three months, not including the day of death of the husband and the day of the Arison, right? So it's 90 days in between, the, uh, excluding the event days of death and Arison. And same idea, when a nursing mother has to wait 24 months, that's 24 months independent of the event days, i.e. birth and Erosin. And I will say, that is indeed how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. If we have time, I'll come back to it. But I will say, well, actually, let's finish up the Gemara. So remember again, I will say, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi Paskin, that Allah under most circumstances, when a woman comes off a marriage, Erosin is permitted immediately. Erosin is permitted immediately. With one exception, which was what? The Almana. And why can't the Almana do Erosin immediately? Why not? Avelos, she's in mourning. Says the Gemara, Amr Rav Chista, Kav Chomer. Rav Chista said he, he's arguing Rabbi Yossi. I think it's Kav Chomer that, that even an Amona should be permitted to go and do Eris. And why was Kav Chomer? Listen to this. Uma b'makum shasra lechabes motoli ares. Listen to this. In a place where you can't do laundry, right? You are permitted to do Eris. We're going to discuss about these halachos of Tishabov, right? Makom shemotol lechabes inodin shemotol yaris. So if you're allowed to do laundry, you can certainly get married. It's an interesting combination there, right? right? In a place where you, place where you, where, where, where you're not allowed to do laundry, you can get married. Certainly in a place where it's motor to do laundry, you certainly can get married. So, Mike, what, what are we talking about? This is not, here we go. Shabbish Shechal Tishabav Besocha. I both say the week that Tishabav falls out on. So this is the week of Tishabav. What's the halacha? 
Asr lechabis, Asr lechabis, Asr lechabis. You're not permitted to go ahead and get a haircut or to launder your clothing. Ubechamishi muter mit me kavod hashabbos. I will say, interestingly enough, if Tisha B'av falls out on a Friday, which again in our calendar it cannot, but if Tisha B'av falls out on a Friday, Thursday you are allowed to go ahead and launder and take a haircut lekavod Shabbos. The Tanya kodem asmanazeh ha'amimati miskein. I will say we learned in the Brisa before this time. I will say we're assuming right now that before this time means the week of Tisha B'av. The week of Tisha B'av. Before this time, ha'am mematin be'eskehem, people diminish their business dealings. Milisa militin, milivnos filintoa, they diminish building activities, planting activities. Uma arsin, but you could still do erosin. Avalokonsin, but you can't do nisun, you can't get married. Vein osin sudas erosin, and also even though we allow you to go ahead and do sudas erosin, I'm oh, sorry. Do Arison, you can't have a celebratory meal for Arison. I'm say, so what do you see from here? Sounds like what the Bryce is saying is that on the week of Tisha B'av, even though you're not allowed to launder your clothing, you are allowed, and, and let's say get a haircut, you are allowed to do Arison. The only restri- the week of Tisha B'av, the only restriction is you can't do a Sudas Arison. So we'll say, this is Kavach Homer. So the Gemara says, in the week of Tisha B'av, you're not allowed to launder your clothing, you're allowed to do Arison. Allah has come of a Kama when a woman becomes a widow. Is she permitted to go ahead after Shiva launder her clothing? Because she launder her clothing? The answer is yes. So she should be permitted to go ahead and do Arison as well. To which the Umar says, no. Kitanya hi kodem de kodem. They will say, when we said that you're allowed to, do, that you're allowed to go ahead and do Arison, that was talking about kodem de kodem. Not the week of Tisha B'av, but what? The week before the week of Tisha B'av. The week before the week of Tisha B'av, Rashi says, Kodem Azman I'm sorry. Kodem de Kodem, last last Rashi on the Daf, Kodem de Kodem. Kodem Shabbos Shechal Tisha B'av Sochah, Dehasa Mutu Lechabes. Aval Tocha Shabbos, Kshem Shabbos Lechabes, Kach Asram the Ari. So I'm sorry. When we say the church, so it's the week, the week, it's not talking about the week of Tisha B'av, but rather ultimately again, the week before, to which the Gemara says, Kodem de Kodem. Um... I'm sorry. In a situation you're not permitted to go ahead and do business, you are still permitted to go ahead and do erisin. So therefore, I will say, ultimately, again, when you are permitted to do business, like for example, within Shloshim, after a person experiences a loss, strongly erisin should be permitted. Omer yinasu. I will say, could very well be the Gemara Rav now suggests Rabbi Yossi ultimately again was not saying you could do erisin. Rabbi Yossi was actually permitted to go ahead and allow women to do nisuin. Nisuin on the days, but less leil Rabbi Yossi lahavchin. So I will say, how could Rabbi Yossi work? So now the Gemara is changing it. The Gemara is suggesting when Rabbi Yossi said in the Mishnah that you're permitted to get married immediately after the one marriage ends, we thought Rabbi Yossi was referring to Erisin. But in fact, Rabbi Yossi, an incredible Chiddush, he's referring to Nisuin. Referring to Nisuin. But less later, Rabbi Yossi lahavchin. Doesn't Rabbi Yossi require a din of Havchana, waiting three months before getting remarried? To which the Gemara says, less late. Rabbi Yossi, it's possible that Allah Chalamaysa, 
Rabbi Yossi does not subscribe to the concept of Havchana. He doesn't have the concept of Havchana. He doesn't require a three-month waiting period. Now, I will say, so again, just to be clear, there's one case, of course, where everyone agrees you have to wait. And when is that? When is that? Yibo. Right? Everyone's going to agree you have to wait. But it could be in other cases, Rabbi Yossi would not require Havchana. Now, I will say, ultimately, again, why would Rabbi Yossi not require Havchana? It could be that he does not subscribe to that drasha of lezaracha acharecha that we had in yesterday's daf. Remember again, the whole notion for waiting, right? Aside from yibum, where I have to wait because if she's pregnant, if he's pregnant, there's no mitzvah of yibum. Now there's no mitzvah, but Allah must be an avera, right? For them, for, for it, would, it would be israelishes ach, it would be arayas. But in other cases, the only reason why we were fixated on determining paternity was for lezaracha acharecha, to know whose kid is who. It could be that Rabbi Yossi doesn't subscribe to that drasha, and the other possibility is, liolim isle. No, he does subscribe to the drasha. The ima, Rabbi Yossi Omer, kol arusos grushos ginasu. Oh, Rabbi Yossi is referring to a very specific case. Rabbi Yossi, when does Rabbi Yossi allow a woman to engage in nisuin immediately? When what? When she was divorced or widowed from Arison. Arison. Because I will say, in Arison, the couple is not living together. If they're not living together, then what? Then what? Then Allah said, there's no concern that she may be pregnant from another man. If that's the case, Ihachi, Hainu Rabbi Yehuda. I, if that's the case, I will say, isn't that the same sheet as Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah? Ikebenaihu Nisua Liaris. I would say, here's the difference. The difference would be, ultimately, again, a woman who is coming off of Nisuin, can she do Erisin? Rabbi Huda Savar Nisua Mutaris Liaris, Rabbi Huda holds that a woman, ultimately, who is coming off Nisuin, is permitted to do Erisin. Rabbi Yossi Savar Nisua Asura Liaris. Rabbi Yossi holds that a woman coming off of Nisuin is still prohibited to do Erisin. Rabbi Yossi Nisua Asura Liaris. Does Rabbi Yossi hold that in Nisua is not permitted to do erisin, but Hanyu we learned Rabbi Yossi Omer Kol Nashim Yis Arsu Chutz Min Ha'almana. Rabbi Yossi says that Allah Chalamai so all women are permitted to do erisin except for an almana because of Ravelos Mimei Evil. The Kama Evil Shela will say how long does Ravelos last? Shloshim Yom, ultimately thirty days. Vikulon Lo Yinasu Achulam Gimel Chadashim. Even Rabbi Yossi is only allowing Erisin. But Allah cannot happen for three months in order to be able to have Havchana. Right? To say to this woman that she's pregnant. Hi, my kushya. So I will say, ultimately, again, what's the kasha? What's the kasha? Ultimately, again, if you have the version that says, Rabbi Yossi says that all women are permitted to do erusin, again, would this be any stronger than our Mishnah? And the way we set up our Mishnah is that Rabbi Yossi is referring to arusos gerushos, right? Ultimately, again, a woman who is widowed or divorced from erusin. That's, so the Gemara says, to kingdom asks about arusos gerushos, yinasu, and they're permitted to even do nisuin. Hachanami, call arusos gerushos yinasu. So too, we would still be here that Allah Chalamaisa, any Arusos Krushos are permitted to go ahead and even do Nisuin. Elami Seifa. Rather, I will say, it must come from the Seifa. Diktani, the Kulan Lo Yinasu 
said, no women are permitted to engage in Yisuin until they have three months of Havchana. In Subihu Dalo, Ha Isruse Shapir Dami. They will say, what are you not allowed to do? Nisun is Asr. But it sounds like what? Erosin is totally permitted. Amarava Tarit Ve'imahachi. Rabbi says, okay, here's how you have to go ahead and set, it, set this up. Rabbi Yossi Omer, call Arusos Grushos Yinasu. They will say, the Shita Rabbi Yossi is as follows. Any woman who's coming off of Erosin, specifically a divorcee, so any woman who was divorced from Erosin is what? Permitted to get married, fully married, misuin immediately. Why is that? Why is that? No concern of what? Pregnancy. Because remember again, they never consummated the marriage. All she had was Erosin, with one exception. Except Rabbi said the woman is widowed. Because of Avelos, the Kama Ibo Shela, how long does Ravelos last for? Shloshim Yom, 30 days. So we'll say, this is very interesting. Now, what, according to this version, what Rabbi Yossi just said, any woman who is coming off of a marriage that, was only, that only got to the Erison stage is permitted to get fully married immediately after the dissolution of her marriage through divorce. Right? Why? Because since the previous marriage ended in a state of Erison, there's no fear of pregnancy. Therefore, she's permitted to get remarried, fully remarried immediately. What's the exception? If she's an Amana. If she was widowed from Erosin, then Allah saw, although she could go ahead and do Nisuin immediately, sorry, Erosin immediately, she can't do Nisuin until after the period of Avelos. And how long does Avelos go for? 30 days. 30 days. So we'll say, so therefore, Rabiosi prevents a woman who is widowed from Erosin from doing Nisuin immediately, but not because of anything to do with Havchana, just to do with what? Just do with what? Avelos. So the Gemara says, now watch this. Unusuos lo yisarsu ad Rabbi will agree that if a woman is coming off of Nisuin, right, whether because of death or divorce, whether her husband died or she was widowed, sorry, widowed or divorced, that Allah there, you can't do anything for three months. So we'll say, this is a very different version of Rabbi Yossi we had in our Mishnah. So in this version, let's work backwards. Right? Let, let's work backwards. Therefore, in this version, Rabbi Yossi will say like this. If you were widowed or divorced from Nisuin, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Three months. Three months. If you were divorced from Erosin, then what? Remarried Nisuin immediately. Widowed from Erosin, what's the halacha? 30 days. Why 30 days? What is that? What is that? Avelos. Okay? So we'll say, now watch this. Says the Gemara. One second. So we'll say what this sounds like is that if a woman is widowed from Erosin, she has a din of Avelos. She has to mourn for her husband. Is that true? So the Gemara says, so I'm say, listen to this. I'm talking about Ovira Cohen. Right? Let's say a Cohen had Erosin with a woman and she passed away. The woman passed away during Erosin. He's not an One, right? He doesn't go into Avelos for her, nor does he go to her Levayo. He does not become Tommy for her. 
So to she does not go into Avelos for him, nor does she become Tame for him. Mesa, similarly again, if she dies, in Ayarsha, he does not inherit her. Meshu, if he dies, go Ksuvasa. She gets her Ksuva. And I will say, now Rashi points out over here, when does she get her Ksuva? Only if he decided on his own to commit to it during Erosin. See, I will say, normally, a husband only commits to a Ksuva when? When? From the Suin and on. This is about a case where he voluntarily committed to, an, to, to a Ksuva from Erosin. That's fine. If he voluntarily committed, then Allah Chalamais, he has to pay it. But we'll say, what do you see from here? Again, what's, what's the takeaway from here? There is no Avelos during Erosin. We just got finished saying that according to Rabbi Yossi, if a woman was widowed during Erosin, she has to wait 30 days before getting remarried because of Avelos. Why is there any Avelos from Erosin? To which the Umar says, Listen to this. The Sanya, I will say it's fascinating how this comes back, come back, come back to Tishabov. The Sanya, from Rosh Chodesh Av until Tishabov. So so the people diminish their business dealings, milisa, leading to do business, milivnos, building, lintoa, planting, umile ares, umilisa, and from Erisin and Isuin. Right? That's from Rosh Chodesh. Shabbish Shechal Tishabab Besocha, the week of Tishabab is what we call Shvur Shechalbo, also the Srapper the Chabes. You cannot go ahead and get a haircut launder. Vasa the Ares, you can't do Erisin. And others say the entire month of Av is Asr and all of these things. Maskev for Ravashi. Ravashi says, Mima is supposed to say, so the point over here is, is well, fine. Maskev for Ravashi. Mima is the Ares, the Ares Mamish. How do you know that when we say that on the week of Tishabav, you're not allowed to do Erisin? How do you know that means Erisin? I will say, maybe Erisin is permitted. What is it when it says you're not allowed to do Erisin? Maybe that means, Dilma Lemme Avet Sudas Erisin with the Asr. Maybe that only refers to what? Making a suuda verisin, a celebratory meal. So the Richard Gemara says, Holy Ari Shapir Dami, but actually doing erisin itself should be permitted. Ihaki, Melisa, Linase, Nami, Lemi Avesu, that's the suun who does her. Holy Sashapir Dami. Well, if that's the case, why don't you say that Allah Chalamaisa? The same way that when it says Nisun is Asr, maybe Nisun is really Mutter. What's Asr the week of Tishabav? Right? Only a Sudas Nisun. So here's the difference. Nisuin by itself without a simcha, without, without a suda, there's still joy. Erisin below suda, mi ika simcha. But I will say, Erisin without a suda, there's no real celebration attached to that. Amravashi, shiny avelos chadasha, me avelos yishana, the shiny avelos derabim, me avelos diyachid. So I will say, this is actually quite profound. The Gemara says the truth is, you can't really go ahead and bring a comparison between Tishabov, right? The of Tishabov or the week of Tishabov and personal Avelos. Why? Because there is a distinction ultimately again from his, what we call historical mourning to contemporary mourning and between public mourning to personal mourning. If you look at Rashi, I will say, that's Rashi in Mishnah, Ravashi, Lo Togma Ketanai, Rabiosi Mode Bahi Dima Arsin, Udikash Lakal who shiny ben avelos chadasha de tishabav tavi avelos yishana vavelos derabim hilchach kila. I will say the halachos of tishabav are going to be different and to a certain degree a bit more lenient than the halachos concerning personal mourning. We wanted to create a bridge between the halachos of tishabav and the halachos of personal mourning. 
Kamash Rabo said that there is a distinction. Tisha B'Av represents communal, historical mourning, and ultimately, again, what's happening with Yamona is personal, contemporary mourning. And at the end of the day, those are two different entities and are governed by two different sets of halachic mandates. So say, bottom line, halacha lamaisa, how do we pass in all of this? So say, we pass in the Shulchan Aruch. This is in Eben Ezer. Simon Yud Gimel Sif Allah says, it's too long to get into right now, but about what I will say is like this. We paskin, any woman coming off of a relationship, whether she is coming off of Erisin, whether she is coming off of Nisuin, has a three-month waiting period. It does not make a difference whether she's young, whether she's old, she's a katana, she's a gedola, she's a zakena. It makes no difference. She can become pregnant, can't become pregnant. Husband was capable of, of making her pregnant. It doesn't make a difference. I will say it is a low plug across the board. So whether she's coming off of Irisin, whether she's coming off of Nisuin, Halakha Maisa, she has to wait three months. And I will say that three months, that three months ultimately again, it is 90 days excluding the event days. So it does not include the day of death, day of divorce, and day of erisin. Salah al-Maisa, 90 days in the middle for all women. And we'll say we'll stop here. Shkoyach.